Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work and spiritual healing that lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode. This is a really special one because I'm recording this as a bonus episode. Um, For any of you that are following me on social media, you may know that the last three weeks have been a roller coaster of adventure and growth and learning. And I really wanted to take a minute to record this episode with the top 10 lessons that I've learned over the last few weeks with attending two music festivals, getting sick, uh, attending a premiere, movie premiere as well. Just so much has been going on that I, I really wanted to speak to while I'm still in the energy of these incredible adventures that I've just been on. So at the time of recording this, I've been home about three days from the last music festival slash retreat that I just attended. So I'm still very much feeling the connection and the grounding and the beauty of that experience. And that's why I wanted to jump in here and record this now. And I'm really excited to be sharing this this episode with you. Now, before I get into today, all of it, I just want to highlight something really exciting that's coming closer and closer. I know I've mentioned this in some of the previous episodes, but I am just on the cusp of getting everything together to host the next round of my signature program, which is called the Break Free from Sugar program. It's a 10-week journey to healing your relationship with food and ultimately your relationship with yourself. We're going to be diving deep, 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 and obviously getting off sugar together and learning learning how to nourish our bodies and our souls in such a deep way. And I'm especially excited for this round of this program. I haven't hosted this since last fall, since last September. So it's been a whole year and I'm actually going to be recreating this whole program from scratch. This is going to be, I think it's a fifth or sixth time that I've hosted this program and I have grown and learned so much that I cannot wait to include into this next edition of the program. So this is going to be like a new improved version 6.0 of this program and I really would love to have you there. So if you're curious at all about working with me, about, um, you know, really diving in and healing your relationship with food from the inside out, from the root out in a lasting way and a loving way, ending the fight with food and your body and all of these toxic energies that we bring into our relationship with sugar, with food, with ourselves. If you're interested, if you're in a place where you're ready but scared to do that, just know that that's totally normal. And I invite you to get your name on the wait list. So everyone, and you you can find the link to that obviously in the show notes below, Everyone who's on the wait list is going to be the first to know when registration opens. So I've got some juicy surprises as well and some extra goodies involved for those who are on the wait list, for those who are uh, putting their name out there going, yes, I want to know, I want to, um, I want to be the first to get access. So definitely get your name on the wait list. There's, um, you, know, you know, you're not obligated to join if you're on the wait list. It's just a chance for you to be sure that you're getting notified when I do release all of the exciting 
info um, in the next couple couple weeks. So don't wait. Get your name on there if you're at all curious. And I cannot wait to share all the details with you soon. I've got some, some really next level exciting things that I'm including this year that I know are going to be so powerful and impactful. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Let's dive in. Let's dive into today because, and what I want to share um, is so, so deep and meaningful. And, um, you know, for those who who don't really know what I'm talking about yet, I'll give you a quick, quick, you know, update on this. And then I really want to dive into some really big, powerful life lessons. And for me, a lot of this as well was more of a reminder than a lesson. But for some of you, this might be the first time that you're hearing some of these pieces. And what has come out of these experiences for me over the last uh, over the last three weeks? And there's been some really profound and huge shifts that I'm actually going to be changing in my life because of what I've experienced. And I want to pass those off to you. I want you to listen to the ones that maybe call to you. And I want to hopefully download some of these this wisdom that I've gained and I'm so grateful to have gained in these experiences so that hopefully you can start looking for areas in your life to to also improve or or shift or tweak so you can live more in alignment and you know ultimately be happier and healthier and all of these things. So I'm so excited and it was so hard to choose just 10 things that I wanted to share with you. I had a list of probably 20 and I, oh, okay, I had to cut out some things because I want to keep this really uh, really focused and concise and obviously share the biggest takeaways with all of you. So for those who don't know, uh, the last three weeks, I have been to two music festivals, and it's really interesting because they were night and day from each other, and both had their pros and cons and their lessons and their gifts and their challenges, which was really interesting, like back to back to experience that for me, and for me to get clarity on what type of experiences and communities and situations and adventures really align more for me. So my journey with music festivals started actually three years ago when I went to my first ever music festival, and I'll call this one like a conscious music festival where there's a lot of uh, sacred music, a lot of really open-hearted, amazing humans. Um, that was down in Oregon. I actually road tripped by myself, and I know I've spoke about that experience before a lot because it was one of the most profound experiences and life-changing experiences, um, you know, that I can remember. So. I'm not going to talk about that festival, but that's really what sparked that that part for me. And oh, there's something here in these music festivals, in these experiences that that I need to experience and I need to have more of in my life. I need more of this. I need more dance. I need more music. I need more amazing humans. I need this in my life. And of course, you know, the last few years, everything's been locked down, right? So I just got a taste of these life altering experiences and communities and, and situation adventures and everything went on pause. The world went on pause. So it was a really interesting experience for me to kind of wait to get back into these experiences again and to get back into these states and energies and, and sensations and feelings in my body that I've never experienced outside of that container of the music festival. And I hadn't since. So Needless to say, I was very excited to get back into this world and to bring Ben with me and to have these experiences with friends um, and new friends. 
So three weeks ago, well, at the end of July, we attended Shambhala Music Festival. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you can look it up. It's in the interior of British Columbia where I live. It was a good good nine-hour drive for us. It was a real adventure to get there. And this music festival is... Um, is massive. There's no way to describe it other than massive. I think there was about 15 to 20,000 people there. There's seven different stages, um, all playing various varieties of like electronic music and there were DJs and just that kind of, uh, that kind of music. And it was beautiful location. We camped, it was right on the river. And it was a lot. It was a lot of energy. There was a lot of people. There was a lot of stimulation for a solid seven days. So we were there seven days. The music was only about, I think, three or four days, but it was it was a lot. So um, it was a big experience. And we both knew energetically it was going to be a really big test of our energetic boundaries, our ability to look after ourselves and rest instead of staying up till 6 a.m. every morning and trying to find that balance. So um that was a really beautiful, uh, beautiful experience, very challenging, very um, out of our comfort zone in such a big way. And we, one of, one of my best girlfriends actually joined, came with us and we camped together and it, it was, it was such an eye-opening and beautiful experience. So without all the details, because I want to get into the lessons that I have to share with you today, um, we came home. Of course, we were so worn out from our immune systems because we had not been sleeping properly. I also forgot to bring my supplements with me, and I definitely ate more junk than I normally would. There was definitely some sugar indulgences that I chose, and um, I just, all of that, I know for me, it really weakens my immune system, especially the lack of sleep, um, staying up late, and just not getting quality sleep because there's music playing all the time. So I knew that would be a part of it. And it really wore us out. So we came home and instead of getting a, you know, getting a week to catch up on things, we we got sick and we were forced to just watch Netflix and I guess rest. So maybe that's what the universe had in store for us. Um, and luckily we, we recovered quickly and, and uh, felt great. And then this last weekend, we went to Enliven Music Festival, which I would describe as much more of like a yoga retreat meets music festival. And it was really small and intimate. There was one stage. It was on this beautiful farm north of Whistler up in the mountains here on the coast of BC. And a really beautiful group of maybe maximum 200 people. So night and day, night and day energetically. This 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 last retreat that we just attended was definitely more uh, a beautiful flow and combination of workshops and music. So there was all day, there were beautiful sacred workshops. We did a cacao ceremony. There was yoga. There was breath work. We did an intimacy workshop. We did, I did some womb healing workshops. Um, it was really, really just such an in incredible energy. And it was more about growth and healing and and sacredness. And then obviously in the afternoons and evenings, there was great DJs and music and we were barefoot and dancing and everyone was, was just living their best life there. So it was really, uh, really spectacular and a complete night and day, you know, energetically from the larger festival, which really helped uh, us both actually realize that that's more our style, that type of, um, event where it's smaller and you can actually see the same person every day. You know, at the big festival, we would make a connection with a beautiful human and never see them again because there was just so much going on and so many people. 
So that was, that was really helpful for us to understand. Um, just for me, you know, that's what I feel more called to that type, that type of music at this last event, the, the workshops, the growth, the, the, the depth of connection that you can have with someone, new friends and new people when you can see them every day and you're, you're in that, that sort of space. So just incredible. There's so much that I could share with you about these experiences. Um, the, the one thing that I just like have to say is do it. I know there's so many people out there and I've, I've shared this, this adventure and what we're doing with a lot of my clients and a lot of, um, other people that might not be in this space. And they kind of think, Whoa, that's crazy. I could never do that. Or that's not for me. And I just want to encourage you to get out of that mindset because that's what I used to think. I used to think that as well. I used to really get sucked into a lot of the myths and misconceptions around what music festivals stand for and the type of people that go to them. And I used to just, just get stuck in that thinking, oh, that's totally not my jam. That's not for me. And it wasn't until I finally started dipping my toes in and went to that first one that I realized, oh my goodness, was I wrong wrong, wrong, wrong about this experience. And I need more of this in my life. And now I'm hooked. Now I'm hooked. Uh, We're actually planning to go to um, Envision Festival for anyone who knows in Costa Rica in February, which was supposed to happen last year, but of course got canceled. And and now it's happening this year for my birthday at the end of February. So we're really looking forward to that, uh, that trip as well. And, and having more of these experiences. So I want to, before I share the the top 10 lessons that I have with you, I do really want to touch on some of these misconceptions because you might be listening to this right now also thinking, oh, Danny, wow, that's weird. I had no idea she was into that stuff or, or she's like, she's totally out there and crazy, right? So, which is totally fine. You can think all you want about me, you know, uh, does it, doesn't matter to me. That's your own, your own perceptions. But for me, you know, I really just want to share and maybe bust, bust through some of these misconceptions that I've heard. And I hear people, and I used to think about attending music festivals. Now, first things first is there are so many different types of music festivals and they all have a different energy and they all attract different people. So there are music festivals and there are some actually close to where I live here that aren't a nine hour drive that are definitely more um, party focused, right? There's alcohol allowed, people are drinking and partying and, um, you know, sort of more like a country music festival you would think as well, right? Uh, and that attracts a much different crowd than the conscious um, conscious music festivals, I would call them, maybe electronic music festivals or um, these more spiritual music festivals that I'm, you know, attending. And in these, no alcohol is allowed. And it's really fascinating to witness um, the difference in type of human that wants to just get drunk and party versus wants to be there to expand their state of consciousness and access different parts of their their being to just live in ecstasy and be in this state of of pure joy and freedom in their body. So it's really hard to describe unless you've experienced this, but I just want to touch on that. There's so many different types of music festivals. I know there's jazz music festivals, there's, you know, country music festivals, there's electronic music festivals, there's there's any type of music you can find a festival in it, right? All over the world. So, you know, there's there's lots of ways to go about it. And lots of different ways that they're all set up. And one of the biggest misconceptions as I'm kind of talking about alcohol is in fact that, um, you know, these, these music festivals are just a bunch of people doing drugs. 
And I used to think this as well. And I was like, ooh, that is, that's not my scene. I'm not a big drug doer. That, that's definitely not, you know, my, uh, my scene. And that was one of, one of my concerns going into this bigger music festival that we went to because we had heard that there is a lot of that there. And there was. But here's the thing. Okay, when alcohol is not allowed and people are engaging in more um, natural or medicinal type of substances, we'll call them, to open their mind and open their heart, you know, things like MDMA and ecstasy, things like mushrooms and even acid, right? These are there and they're very prevalent, um, but also very loving and open. There's a, so many misconceptions about these medicines out in the world and these substances, and it's it's wrong. A lot of it is extremely wrong. Just watch the Netflix series called How to Change Your Mind and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But these, these substances actually open your heart. They actually make you more loving. They make you more open and connected with the other humans there. So it's actually you know, it's actually a very beautiful, loving, open energy for the most part. Yes, there were some people that were doing some things that aren't really for me and that's okay. And I chose very consciously to not let that interfere with my experience. And it doesn't, it doesn't, right? Um, so, you know, depending on the event that you go to, yes, there are going to be people there doing substances. And there's also going to be a lot of people not and a lot of people there just to be and love and and the people who are doing substances are still wonderful amazing open humans that don't affect your experience so you don't have to engage in that part of the festival to have an enjoyable time it's such a beautiful for me it was such a beautiful opportunity to let go of judgment and to reflect on my own thoughts and feelings around people just living their own life and doing their own thing and making their own choices and it was really great to see that and to honor that and to also have some really hilarious conversations with people who were on substances i i chose to have fun with it and i chose not to let it you know be a focus of my experience. And if ever there were times where I was getting strange energy from people on the dance floor, like late at night, usually like some things would sort of come out, I would just leave. And it was very easy to do that. Like I would go to another stage or I would, I would go to the back of the crowd or what have you. And, you know, I think with anything in life, it's how we really approach it and how our mindset going into these things, right? Where we can let go of judgment and let other people do what what they want to do and not let it affect our experience and not let it, um, you know, not let it suck us into judgment about those people or about those things that they're choosing to do. The second festival that we went to, I saw zero substance use. I'm sure there was. Um, so, you know, there, again, the energy of different festivals for different folks and different people. So pay attention to that if that's something that you, you want, but I really want to encourage you to not let that misconception or that 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 piece about some of these festivals hold you back because it's not scary. It's not dangerous. I think a lot of that is our own judgments about quote unquote drugs and and also our our fear of being hurt from somebody else, right? Like ultimately everything comes down to this fear of like safety. So you're so safe, right? Like you can be with people doing doing their own thing and doing substances and be super safe. So don't let that hold you back uh, and find the type of festival that maybe has the vibe that you 
uh, you know, uh, align with, right? So if you don't want to be in those situations like that first festival that we went to, and you're not in the mindset where you can just let people do their thing and do your own thing, um, then that's okay. You know, finding maybe smaller events or more um, um, different types of events that that don't carry that same energy. So don't let that hold you back. The other misconception that that I get a lot is this like, I won't sleep. I'm not going to sleep for four days or or whatnot. A lot of people think you have to go to these music festivals and you have to do it all and you're never going to sleep. And that's not true. Right? You can definitely, yes, as I mentioned, you know, your sleep is not going to be the best, um, especially if you're not used to camping or, I mean, I know a lot of these festivals as well have options to upgrade to um, like a better mattress. Or so, th- there's sometimes actual lodging or fancy tents that are already there um, set up for you. I know the festival I went to years ago, they had these fancy yurts that you could book. So there is always a way to upgrade and and maybe get a better sleep. But yes, there is going to be a lot of music and there is going to be music late at night. So it really does take, um, and it's not impossible. So what we did and what I did chose to do was really be intentional about getting to bed at a reasonable time and, and obviously just letting myself sleep as much as possible in the morning. So, um, the, you know, I would really only stayed, I stayed up one night at the first festival until 3am, which is way past my bedtime. Um, but the other nights, you know, I really made an effort to be in bed by 11, 12 and really, you know, taking care of myself in that way so that I could, you know, dance all afternoon and evening and then still get, you know, a decent sleep. I also brought noise canceling headphones and white noise. Actually, I used my AirPods and white noise, earplugs, um, you know, also melatonin, right, to help encourage the body to sleep. So there are things that you can do to still sleep. And I think it, it is really about being intentional. And I'm going to talk about one of these lessons that I learned uh, in a minute uh, about really setting yourself up to prioritize going to bed. You don't have to. It's what I'm saying. You don't have to stay up till 6 a.m. just because the music goes till 6 a.m. You don't have to do that. You can leave. And you can prioritize that again when you're you know finding a balance. Obviously, I don't I don't ever advocate, you know, staying up till midnight uh, on a regular basis, but I was going to do that for these experiences and find a balance between my normal nine o'clock bedtime and a 6 a.m. bedtime. And I found that balance for me and it felt really good, even though, yes, it was still was still a bit tiring. And the the last misconception that I just quickly want to touch on, and then I obviously want to get into all these beautiful lessons, is this thought that, well, these music festivals are just for hippies and young people. I hear this all the time, like, oh, that's just for weird hippies and and super young, energetic kids. And that's so not true, right? Uh, there are so many types of humans from different walks of life. There are people, there are actually, we camped next to an accountant um, at our last festival, you know, and people working in the business world and people who, um, you know, work in the music world, people that like, Uh, from all walks of life. And it's really beautiful to also see the diversity of of ages at these festivals. And I want to be one of those people. It was so beautiful seeing people, um, you know, in their 80s, up to their 80s, you know, anywhere from 20 years old up to their 80s, you know, at this first festival, um, really just there enjoying and living their best life. So there's no age limit, uh, you know, and there's no, there's no, 
um, bounds on that other than what we put on ourselves, right? And obviously you want to look after your body and your joints and do lots of stretching and go to the yoga that most of these things have every day. Very important. This last festival we went to was kid-friendly, which might be something to look for as well because that does bring that different energy of, of people who are there to um, maybe be more family-oriented. So beautiful watching these amazing wild and free children running around on the dance floor during the day. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really beautiful. And these people, again, like in their 70s or 80s, being there, you know, rocking it on the dance floor or or rocking it while they're sitting in their chair, right? Just enjoying music and enjoying life and enjoying being connected in communities. So this is for everyone, right? These experiences and these types of events, at least the ones that I'm going to, are very inclusive and very much about uh, about just everyone being welcome and loved and, you know, really just being intentional about having this experience together. So don't let those hold you back. Okay. I really wanted to touch on those few things because I know a lot of people, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of you listening might have some of those showing up for you. So hope that helps kind of give you a little nudge. Let's dive into the lessons. I'm going to take a sip of this and then we're going to get to it. So actually, before we get to it, I'm going to show you this. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. I made a drum at the last festival, which was something that's that I've been trying to call into my life for a while now. I've always wanted a hand drum. And one of the indigenous elders from a local community actually came and hosted a workshop. Um, and we all made our own hand drums. Now I have to learn how to play it. So stay tuned for more drumming on the podcast. <laughs> I might have to like include that in the intro uh, of the podcast every week or between, between segments. It's so beautiful. I love the drum. The drum is such a signal of the heartbeat. And it really just, it, it hits home on such a grounded level for me. I love being in drum circles or music that has a lot of really good, like hand drums. Um, yeah, so beautiful. So that's not a lesson. I just wanted to show that because it actually was a part of a lesson that I'll get to, um, I'll get to actually in, in what I want to share here. Okay. Lesson number one. Let's dive right into this because I know that I've been sharing already a lot and I don't want to make this episode too long, but it's going to be how long it is because this is really important to share and to um, to pass on to all of you. I feel like I've gained a lot of wisdom and a lot of growth and obviously I'm still integrating it. It's all fresh. It's still new. I've got a lot of like integration to do over the coming weeks and months, but I want to download what I can for all of you. You know, these things that are coming through me, these things that I've learned and been gifted in these experiences. So even if you haven't been able to have this type of experience yourself, maybe you can feel a little bit of it through my words. So the first and foremost, biggest lesson, the biggest piece, and really for me, a reminder for you, maybe a lesson, is that surrounding yourself with the right type of community is mandatory for healing, for your health, for your happiness, for all of your being. And when I say right type of community, I mean a community that doesn't judge that unconditionally loves you and that sees the truth for who you are, that sees your soul, no matter what you're going through or how you're acting or what your dance moves look like. The 
biggest, most profound healing part of these music festivals and these experiences was for me being in an alternate universe is really what you step into when you go on into these events, you're camping, you're living there for however many days you're in this, this community, you're held in this space with all these other people and everyone there. This is why it feels, it feels like an alternate universe. I cannot even put this into words. I can't, but I'm going to try. It feels like you're living on this other planet where nobody has an ego and nobody knows what judgment looks like. And nobody knows about conditional love. Everybody who's there is open and raw and vulnerable and 110% themselves. And it is so beautiful to see this actually happen in a giant group of strangers. So everyone like it is, oh, it's just for me, it's so healing because all of us and, and anyone who's worked with me before or been through one of my programs, you know that this work that we're doing is really healing our primary trauma that we all have where we learned not to be our authentic true selves. We've learned and been conditioned out of our authenticity from childhood onward in our society. And this disconnect from our true selves, our identity, our connection with our our soul, our, our, our innermost knowing is a major trauma. And we don't live in a society where we can have both, where we can be ourselves and feel like we fit in. So being in these types of communities, the biggest like beautiful healing that's happened for me is that it it is this it's becomes this really safe space to practice being totally authentic. So I got to bring out silly Danny. I got to bring out sexy goddess Danny. I got to bring out, you know, goofy Danny and weird Danny and like all of these parts of me that are there that never get to be heard or seen or expressed. Because in this space, everyone else is doing that. So it gave me permission to do that. There are people at these festivals who are walking around naked all day. There are people at these festivals dancing like total nut jobs or doing really weird things or singing weird or just being weird. And in everyday life, we would tend to look at those people and go, oh, what, a, what an oddball. They must be on drugs, right? Instead of really ex- looking at that with beauty and knowing, wow, that person is actually just being themselves and letting that be shown which is, in my opinion, one of the most brave things that any human being on this planet can do. So when you go into these these containers and these events, you get to practice being you because there's always going to be someone there who's stranger than you. And it's beautiful because you can look at that person and use that as proof and permission to let your inner wild out, your inner crazy person, your inner silly person, your your inner sexy person, like whatever it is that is there that you have been suppressing your whole damn life gets to finally come out. And that to me is just like one of the most beautiful gifts on the planet that you can give yourself. And that is ultimately how we are all going to heal is by being able to tap in to our authenticity in a safe space where there is zero judgment and you are loved and accepted for being fully you. Whether you're crying on a in, in the middle of the dance floor or you're screaming with ecstatic joy, 
it's all accepted and welcome in these spaces and people are there to support you when you need it. It is just so life-changing to experience this. So in this first lesson and reminder for all of you, we do have to, we live in a world where we do have to make this a priority and plan to be wrapped in these types of communities for that healing. So for me, this is a big priority to attend as many music festivals as I can, right? The right type of festival for me, now that I know what that is, to go to yoga retreats, to go to these, go to these communities and these experiences where I know people are going to be open-minded. They're going to be loving. They're going to be um, really into obviously their growth and their healing and spirituality and these things that, that are part of my path. So whatever that community is that you need to surround yourself with, please make it a priority. Sign up for things, book it in your calendar or it won't happen. And I know it's so easy to make excuses like, oh, life is busy or I already have a group of friends or, um, you know, all these things that come up around uh, the excuses, right? Our self-sabotage shows up. So please don't let that be something that holds you back from this. We have to prioritize being in these containers with these communities. And this is something that I really pride myself on because this is what I create in my programs. And this is exactly what we're going to create, co-create together in the upcoming Break Free From Sugar program is this container and this community where we, for the first time in our lives, many, maybe yourself, right, can actually be you and say things and voice your opinion. And, you know, I had some really beautiful conversations with people about religion, actually, um, at these festivals. And it was so cool to be in this circle with a handful of people, all with very different belief systems, very different opinions. And we're all able to share our beliefs and be accepted and loved for that. And I just like, I so wish the whole world could be like that, where we can have this beautiful open discussion and, and learn from each other and be open to hearing other people's views without judging, without needing to somebody to believe what we believe. Wouldn't our world be a better place if we could do that? So we can have these experiences and now I can take that energy and, and, and put that into my work with my clients and into this podcast and what I share with the world. So Surround yourself with the right community. It is mandatory for healing. We cannot heal, whether it's your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself, your traumas, whatever it is you're working through, we cannot heal on our own. Absolutely not. When you look at any indigenous culture, you look at any, you know, original community of humans, everything is done in, in ceremony. Everything is done as a collective, whether it's raising children or healing from addictions or, or struggling through relationship problems or, or grieving death, right? Everything is done in community. And we have gotten so disconnected from community in our world that it is leading to mental illness, to disease, to addictions, to just deep, deep sorrow and suffering. And I see this everywhere I look in our world and we can we can do something about it, but it does take effort and it takes us actually going out and finding our community. Okay, that's lesson one. Lesson two, okay, is an invitation and permission really to practice being your authentic self. And I know I kind of just talked about this. This is really an extension of lesson one. Um, number two here is really getting yourself in situations and in environments where you can practice being authentic without being judged. 
And for now, that might be alone in your home, right? Maybe you start inviting in more silly dance parties or you start inviting in more chanting or screaming or whatever it is that, you know, you feel helps you feel expressed. Maybe it's dressing a certain way. And maybe for now, you feel only safe doing that at home for yourself. And that's okay. Or with, you know, your partner at home. And you can do these things, right? And then maybe it is going and finding that community where you can do that. But I really, you know, want to hit home this lesson and this reminder that we must create space to practice being our authentic selves in a safe space. Because unfortunately, most of our society, like that might not be at work, right? Or at the grocery store, right? Our Most of our society maybe doesn't support you randomly bursting out into song and dance, right? Because you're feeling it. So what you know, what safe spaces can you create, whether it's these music festivals or maybe a women's circle that you go to or at home alone with your own friends, right? Maybe you have host your own dance party or, um, you know, craft night or whatever it is you want to do that kind of just brings out your authentic self. So practice that. We have to be intentional with that. So that's, that's a reminder. Lesson two. Lesson three is, is a deep one. And I'm going to see if I can get through explaining this without crying, because every time I think about this experience, I break down into tears. So let's see. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> if you hear me <laughs> struggling through this, that's what's going on. But I want to I want to articulate this for you and I can break down in tears after I will come back to this, because obviously there's something really deep here for me to look at. And I'm noticing this since this weekend. Um and this lesson here and this reminder is that behind every single troubled human on the planet is a story of pain and trauma, suffering and pain that most of us will never understand. There are no such thing as bad people. There are hurt people that are hurting other people, right? Hurt people hurt people. That's the saying. Maybe you've heard it before and it's so true when we can start to see the people on the on the street that are doing drugs and are homeless or the people that are, you know, causing suffering to their countries and harming other human beings. These people are not innately evil. These people have been traumatized to an extent that we, most of us, will never understand. And this trauma is what's creating this, this you know, challenging life that they are now struggling with. The pain that they have experienced is what's at the root of these actions that they might be taking that are less than desirable for other humans. This was a really big slap in the face for me um, this last weekend. We had some Indigenous um, elders come and speak to our community or to our circle of amazing humans. And it was really an important reminder for me to face-to-face have conversations with Indigenous uh, people who have been in the residential schools and telling their story of exactly what has happened to them and their story of struggle with addiction and um, poverty and this lifestyle that they struggle with because of the pain that they went through being stolen from their families and and sexually molested and beaten and things that we cannot even wrap our minds around. And for me, that was really important to, and really painful to hear. 
and to literally face to face meet this human who has this story. And for me, it was a reminder. <clears throat> Here goes my voice. Such a reminder that I have to pass on to you so that we can see people for the truth of what they've been through. When we see someone who's struggling or someone in your life who's being mean or evil or, you know, struggling with addiction or living on the streets or struggling with poverty or, you know, all of these things that we tend to as a society look down upon these people. I call each and every one of you listening to this right now to begin looking through the eyes of understanding and compassion for the story that these people have that you will never understand the pain of. And when we can start to understand this collective trauma that not only our indigenous cultures, but many, many people in our societies, wherever you live in the world, you know, these people who have been marginalized, these people who have been um, really, really abused in many different ways, psychologically, physically, sexually, that now because our system doesn't support healing through those types of trauma, they have no choice but to, to live these different lifestyles and to, you know, operate from this way. So I call all of us to begin understanding at a deeper level the pain and suffering that these people that we may look down upon, you know, the homeless person asking for money, you know, at the, at the, at the stoplight or the person you see, you know, passed out from doing drugs on the side of the street, starting to actually understand these people as human beings that have been through the most unimaginable pain that has led them to have no choice, but to be in this, this state of life. And when we can actually, instead of judgment, lead with compassion and look those people in the eyes and tell them good morning and and say hello and treat them and see them as an equal um that is how we're going to be able to heal and that's really such an important lesson for me and a reminder for me i know that i've heard this before but this is emotionally has hit me at a different level this past week and i want to pass that on to all of you and invite you as well if you want to dive deeper into understanding this especially around the the homelessness and addiction space please watch the the documentary called the wisdom of trauma it's a gabor mate documentary if you haven't seen it just google it you can find it online i think you donate to watch it but it is so important that you do it is a a mind altering understanding of how our life's experiences and traumas actually create um you know, create this turmoil and this, this un, un, unhealthy way of living. So look, I did it. I did it. I almost cried, but I made it through. Whew, I made it through um, that story. There's so much more that I want to share around that and what I learned. And for me, such an important lesson to take away that I need to educate myself a lot more. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm saying this to all of you. I am committed to educating myself more, especially around the injustices done here in on the land that I live in with the indigenous cultures and understanding more of, of what they've been through and how, you know, we will never be able to repair that or they will never be able to repair that. And as a society, I don't know how we do that. Um, but I want to learn and I want to be open to that <clears throat> as someone who, you know, um, 
yeah, is, is not of this land. This is not my land. Uh, I think it's important that I know that. So I'm going to be educating myself more. And I just want to remind all of you to also do that because no matter what country we live in, we do have, um, everybody can relate to some way in that story. And ultimately, please remember every time you see someone doing something quote unquote bad or not living, you know, the life that, you know, of a normal person, please understand that that person has been through more pain than you will ever understand. And it's not their choice to, to, to be where they are. So let's be more compassionate and more loving and more remembering that we're all humans that need to be seen and loved. And we can make that effort. I know I will be making more of an effort in my day-to-day life. And I encourage all of you to do that as well. Okay, so that's lesson number three. Uh, It's a big one. And it's a really important one that I want to talk more about. So stay tuned for that. Number four. Okay, moving on. And this is another beautiful lesson that I got from this last weekend. And it's it's not a new lesson for me, but it was a re-reminder, a really deep reminder for me that most of us, we live in a world, okay, we live in a patriarchy. Let's just face it. We live in a world run by men, created by men. And as women, I mean, most of you listening to this are women and um, I work exclusively with women. So I'm going to speak to the women here. We are living against the natural flow of our cycle. Whether or not you are still have have a uterus, have a womb, have a cycle, bleed every month, wherever you are, we have been forced into this world that has been created by men that demands us to function every week, every day, all month at a high level, right? We got to get the things done. We've got the responsibilities. We've got the work. We've got to do this, that, this, that, that. Go, 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 go. And when we do that, we have been living for decades against our flow. And this is why so many of us women feel like we're fighting against life. Everything is a struggle. Nothing's flowing. Nothing feels easy. I'm always tired. I'm burnt out. And this is a huge piece of that. When we don't honor our monthly cycle, because women, okay, if you didn't know this, women, we go through four different phases every month emotionally, energetically, hormonally. And when we try to operate on the go, go, go level all the time, no wonder we're burnt out. No wonder we're having dysregulations with our periods. No wonder we're having hormonal imbalances. No wonder we're always stressed and anxious and all the things that are leading us to eat sugar, right? And leading us to numb out and binge and emotional eat. No wonder, because we're totally going against the natural flow of nature, our body. And it kills me to see so many women, myself included, that, you know, taking the the quote unquote easy way out. You know, whenever there's a problem with our hormones and our cycle, well, we'll just take birth control or we'll have a hysterectomy. Those are the two biggest solutions. I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see that. Those are the solutions that our medical system tells us when we're having challenges with our, with our reproductive system. And it's such a load of crap. You know, yes, okay, for, for some, maybe that is what needs to happen. And I'm not, I'm not blanket statementing everyone, but this needs to be a last resort. There is so much we can do to, to heal and balance and reconnect with our natural cycle 
and to not have PMS and to not have cramps and not to have heavy bleeding. Like there's so many things that are energetically connected. We women, we store our trauma in our uterus. We store our trauma in our womb space. It is a sponge for trauma. And there are countless uh, stories of women healing and doing healing work in this beautiful creative space and all of their challenges going away. So that's a whole topic. We're going to have to have another podcast episode about this. I'm going to bring in an expert because I am not an expert. But the lesson here that I wanted to remind all of us is to begin really honoring and learning to work with your cycle instead of against it. And this is a a recommitment that I'm making to myself and I'm telling all of you, so now I have to do it. (laughs) Thank you for holding me accountable, is to work more with my cycle. So I learned this the hard way this last week because my cycle started on, I think it was Thursday and the festival started on Friday. And by Sunday, I was burnt out. I was done. I was emotionally, energetically, physically exhausted because I had given energy, gone on an adventure, set up camp, danced, met new people, all these energy giving things from a place and a time during my cycle when I was meant to be completely inward, reserving my energy. So the beginning of your cycle and during, you know, leading up to and the week that you bleed should be like hibernation time. This is not the time to go and be social, to work on big projects, to take on a new job. This is the time to actually rest. When we think of like the seasons, you know, we can think of that as like the fall and winter when we're going inward and we need to rest. So there's a whole flow, but I was going way against that grain. And, and, you know, I don't know what I would have done differently because it's not like I wouldn't have gone to this festival, but I could have definitely rested a lot more and done a lot less. Um you know, outward things. So that was a reminder for me. Oh yeah, I need to start working with my cycle more and understanding the phases of where I'm at and planning my life accordingly. And it's not always going to flow like that. I can't always plan when festivals are happening, right? So I'm going to do my best. And I want all of us to just, just even being aware of that, right? And if you do have choice, maybe you're planning a big party or a girl's weekend or something, you know, to start paying attention when, when am I ovulating? Because that's that's when we do those things, by the way. When am I going to be most energetic and most able to shine and, and be more outward focused, more, more extroverted? So paying attention to that and actually gifting ourselves the time every month to rest. This is something that we don't do because the men in our life and our society doesn't support it. So we do have to be a bit rogue where we're actually going to honor. And I'm some of the things that I'm going to be doing is really monthly planning out my work calendar and my life calendar according to where my cycle's at. And that means, yes, probably for a week every month, blocking off my calendar so there's no client calls and there's no extra things and there's no events happening. And that's just the week for me to rest and cook and take hot baths and go for walks and just be with me. And yes, do a little bit of work, but maybe things that are more, more, um, you know, less taking calls, right? For me, because that takes a lot of energy for me to hold space in the way that I do for my clients. So knowing what parts of your life need to kind of adjust and how you can at least make little steps to actually honor resting every month because we're meant to as women. It's no wonder we're always burnt out. We don't allow ourselves the rest that our body and nature has designed us for. 
So we need to start empowering ourselves and other women as well to encourage them to rest during that time. Rest. Please gift yourself permission to do that, okay? And to start thinking about flowing with your cycle. Now, anyone here who no longer has a cycle, you can still do this because energetically you still have the energy, even if you don't have a uterus anymore, if you've had a hysterectomy or you've you've had that removed, you, we still have that energetic center located in our lower stomach that still carries the energy of the uterus, of the womb, of the woman. And you can start actually instead maybe more cycling with the moon, right? Ideally, the moon and our cycle are in sync, but the way we live our lives these days, that just doesn't happen for many. So, you know, you can start living by the moon cycle, right? And you can look at this, look at look at all the energy of the moon. But, you know, when full moon is kind of when we need to be out there doing things, new moon, when there's no moon in the sky, it's a dark moon. That's when we're resting and going inward, the darkness. So you can start really um, syncing with that as well in, in a very similar way. So no matter where you are, start flowing more with what your body needs and energetically and even just testing that out for a couple months and see how how that feels. So that's a big lesson and reminder. Okay, moving on. I know this is there's lots here, right? And hopefully you're really enjoying this. Number five, okay? These last ones will be a bit quicker. Number five is a huge reminder to all of us that growth only happens outside your comfort zone. That's a fact, right? When we're comfortable and everything's going according to plan, we're not growing. We're not learning. Growth happens outside of our comfort zone and we have to be willing to put ourselves in those situations and take a leap of faith, push past the fears and and try new things. Whether it's a tap class or learning to play the piano or going to your first music festival, we have to put ourselves in situations and communities and experiences that push us. That's how we grow and learn. This especially the first music festival with the 20,000 people that we attended was a huge step out of my comfort zone, especially after the last couple of years of definitely not being in that big of a group of people. There was some like, you know, energetic stuff that I needed to adjust to. Uh, there was a lot in that that was way uncomfortable for me and new and scary and, you know, and very nerve wracking. And I did it anyway. And I'm so glad because I learned and grew so much in that experience. And I know this, I know this about myself. I know this about experiences. Every time I sign up for, you know, some sort of circle or class or ceremony or yoga retreat or trip with a friend, right? Or music festival or adventure that I've never done before. It's always in those moments that I learn the most and I grow the most. And I'm so grateful for those opportunities. So just a reminder, you know, for any of you who are still hanging out in your comfort zone, just know that that's very normal. The ego loves it when you stay in your comfort zone because it's safe. It's known. It's familiar. But if you actually want to heal your relationship with food and yourself and grow and learn and heal and get to a healthy body weight and all and make peace with food and yourself, you have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable. You have to be willing to do things different because you cannot, I love this saying and I forget who originated this saying. So if anyone knows, let me know. You cannot, cre you cannot create new circumstances from the same place that you created your current circumstances. So this goes with our mind as well. You know, if you're running the same belief patterns and the same thoughts on a daily basis that you've had your whole life, 
How can you expect different results, right? This is a huge piece of what we dive into in the Break Free From Sugar program because we have to rewire our brain and operate differently if we're going to have different results. If you want a different body and a different relationship with food and a different, you know, um, way of living life, you have to, we have to rewire those neural pathways and those ways of being in our mind because we cannot create a new reality from the same mental space as the old reality. We have to shift to create a new version of ourselves. So we do that by getting a little uncomfortable. So there you have it. (laughs) That's number five. Number six, this was a really interesting reminder for me. And this is something that is, is definitely still a work in progress for me that I really realized um, pretty quickly at the first music festival, night one, is that there is such an art to finding a balance between what our body needs and what our mind wants. So I really was noticing actually at all of these festivals, there was a big um, kind of inner battle for me between like what my body needed, which was rest. So, you know, it's midnight, everyone's having fun. My body is exhausted, but my mind wants to keep dancing and it doesn't want to miss anything. And it wants to fully embrace this experience while I'm here because it's a once in a lifetime experience. I was really struggling with that, like really deep understanding that my body was done and I was way past my bedtime and I needed to rest, but I was having so much fun mentally that it was really hard to pull myself away. So there is this real, and this might resonate for you in other areas of your life, right? And I, I'm really proud of how well I did. I could definitely have done better and there's so much growth and improvement there. That's why I say this is something I'm still working on and really honoring my body and honoring the inner wisdom of my body and letting go of, cause I know the mind wanting, my mind wanting to stay up till 6am and be there with everyone was my FOMO, right? My fear of missing out my, like that part of me that just like, doesn't want to miss anything. And that part of me is very ego driven. Whereas my body knows what I need right? And how often do we spend our lives pushing through what our body is telling us, right? Am I right? We're always ignoring our body. I'm tired. I have a headache. I don't want to go out tonight. We do it anyway because we want to fit in, because we have FOMO, because of whatever ego reason is there. So the more we come back to our body and really trust in our body, trusting our inner wisdom, the more we ultimately get to rewarded with health and happiness and mental health and all of these things. So I did notice that come up. There was a lot of like, and even on the day this last weekend when I was burnt out, I was really sad that I was just sitting at camp resting and there was like really great music happening that I wanted to be dancing to. And I was like, my body just can't dance right now. I'm exhausted but I wanted to dance. So there was that like that real pull and I listened to my body. I'm very proud that I did that. And I'm really grateful that I did that. It was such an act of self-love for myself and, you know, continuing to repattern that for me and in trusting my body, in trusting and loving myself and, and making those choices. So please know that that's a very real challenge that we all face, you know, our mind versus body. And I just want to remind you in this lesson to trust your body, trust what your body needs 
Okay. Because you're going to be so grateful and your health is going to, and happiness are going to benefit when you, when you listen and actually take action on what your body is telling you it needs in any given moment. Lesson number seven, moving along. Lesson seven uh, is such a great re-reminder for me. I know this and I struggle with this just like every other human on the planet. Real connection, real, real, deep connection and inner peace comes when we're disconnected from technology. And obviously surrounded in the right community and amazing music and like, you know, walking barefoot for four days. Yes, all those things too. This last um, festival we went to was in an area where there was zero cell reception. So there was zero reason to have my phone attached to me. And the first festival I went to, there was cell reception. And I had data on my phone and I was posting, you know, on my Instagram stories, wanting to share my experience with everyone. And it took me out of the experience in those moments when I was on my phone. And this last four days that I literally spent disconnected from the world was so incredibly grounding and freeing and life-altering that it really re-reminded me of the importance to completely disconnect often. And I'm recommitting to doing this once a week. And maybe for you, it's in the evenings. But I encourage you to literally shut your phone off literally turn off your computer, hide them in your underwear drawer, do what you need to do to reconnect with yourself. We cannot mentally be fully present with ourselves, with our friends, with our family, when we are thinking about our phone. And we're thinking about our phone when it's in our pocket, when it's in our purse, when it's making bing bong noises, when we know it's an option. So for me, you know, this is one of the things I love about going backcountry hiking is like, it's not an option. There's no cell reception. I cannot use my phone other than for taking photos. And I took very few photos at this last festival because I was very aware that, hey, this is important for me to leave my phone in the tent and go to this ceremony or go to the stage and be present. And I'm so glad that I did because it opens up such a new pathway for connection with yourself, with other humans. No one else is on their phone. It's a really beautiful space to be in. And I encourage all of you to create that. We have to be very intentional. And it's really difficult because our phones are designed to be extremely addicting. And I struggle with this too. So I'm, I'm here, you know, telling you this. And maybe... Maybe you need to create spaces like I am where it's literally not an option, right? Where you go out of cell reception for the day. Um, maybe you give your phone to your partner and spouse and you tell them to not give it back to you till the end of the day. Um, or you go to, I was talking to a client the other day on one of our community calls that goes to a, a spa retreat center a couple times a year and they actually make you hand in your phone at reception when you check in. I was like, this is such a brilliant idea. She also mentioned that there's a restaurant that does that. I forgot, somewhere in the States as well. Because we recognize how incredibly disconnected we all are when we have our phones on us all the time. Start paying attention to that in your own life. Even just the mental disconnection. You, I cannot be present. My phone is actually sitting here next to me because I was doing some, some updates on Instagram before recording this. And, you know, I see it there and I can't fully be present. I should actually move it. I'm going to hide it right now. I'm hiding it, I'm putting it out of my, of my, my, my eyesight because we just, we just can't, our brain cannot 
be fully present when we know the phone is around and we know there might be somebody who needs me or something to check, or maybe I should, you know, check Facebook or these things are constantly pulling at us mentally. So give yourself the full mental break in whatever way that looks like for you. Um, and, and just start building this in, even if it's just once a week or in the evenings past eight, right? Like shut everything off and put it away, hide it from yourself. I, I, that's me. I have to hide it from myself. Um, you know, now that it's summer, actually, one of the things I might do is like put it all outside in the sauna because that's a barrier. I'd have to go out and get it right. Like we need to maybe do those things. Right. Um, so find a way to make that work for you, but please remember that real connection with others, with yourself and real present moment living, which is where peace exists and freedom exists comes only when we're fully disconnected from technology. Our brain cannot be fully present when technology is around. Um, so take that and do with it what you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Lesson number eight, moving right along is, was really beautiful for, for me because I know we're all, everybody's in a different space, um, and a different, a different, um, lifestyle and a different, you know, income level and all of these things. But when we begin to value our time, our energy, and our peace of mind more than money, everything flows so much more beautifully. So I've done a lot of work on my money mindset over the years, thankfully, with mentors and coaches myself, and really understanding that money is a renewable resource. Money is something we can always make more of, we can always attract more of and find a way to find more. Whether we have to take out a loan or get another job or whatever, we'll find it, we can do it. We're resourceful, we're amazing humans. Even though sometimes maybe it doesn't feel like it, I know you can, I know this for a fact. But time is not something we get back. Depends what you believe about time, but you know we're here for a limited time. Time is not something you can get back. Your energy, your youthfulness, your vitality is not something that you can necessarily get back. Yes, we can always uncover more energy. Peace of mind is invaluable. Invaluable. So over the last few years, I've really noticed a huge shift for myself in beginning to value that more than money. My time, I'm happy to pay for something like a house cleaner. We hired a house cleaner uh, not long ago. Um, she's since moved away, so we haven't replaced anybody, but we, we will and hope to, right? Like my time is better spent. I would much rather go out for a nourishing walk or go and spend time in my garden than clean the house. I'm valuing my time and energy doing something that I love and enjoy versus something that I really don't enjoy doing, like cleaning the house. So this really was a beautiful reminder on the first day we arrived at that big festival, the first festival we went to, and we're reading stories in the Facebook group, people waiting in line for 10 hours in their car in 30 degree hot sun to get into this festival. And without even really knowing what we were doing when we first bought our tickets for the festival, we upgraded to this, um, we upgraded to, to have a camping spot apparently in the trees. So we paid $600 to have a camping spot reserved for us in the trees. That's all we knew. And we were like, well, that's a lot of money, but for two people, 300 bucks each, we're like, that's interesting that we're, you know, paying $300 for camping, but we were trusting that that was important. And that we were valuing our comfort in that because we'd heard, right? If you don't do that, you're camping in a field of heat, hot death. I called it, you look at it and it was hot death. 
all day, maybe a few hours at night. It was actually cool. The rest of the day, you're in hot, sunny death. Try sleeping in that. So valuing my health and my sleep, we're like, okay, we need to we need to have trees. We need to, we need to see like how we can set ourselves up to be, um, to actually sleep and to be healthy. So we, we rolled up to the grounds really expecting to wait 10 hours in line, like everyone else. And realized when we talked to the first woman who waved us through a VIP line, because our upgraded package also gave us, um, quick entry, VIP entry. We had a line. We literally, it took us 30 minutes by the time we arrived to get to our camp. And our camp was in the forest. I had zero expectations. I was like, mm, trees, maybe there's one tree, but it was thick trees, which meant shade, all day shade, which when you are in 30 degree heat is a lifesaver. So these things, we saved 10 hours of time waiting in line. We saved so much energy in that whole process. We saved having to, you know, find a spot. We had one reserved for us. We had peace of mind with the trees and the shade and the comfort that we got from that to really look after ourselves. There was a breeze all day in the trees. It was beautiful. And once we kind of had that experience, it was such a great reminder for me. Like, yes, this is so much more important than $600. I can make that, like, I'll find that if I need it later. But that was literally so worth the investment that I was so happy that we did that. So just a reminder for all of us, I just shared that experience because I remember driving past that line up of people who have been waiting 10 hours in the hot death to get in. And just in that moment going, that was the best $600 I've ever spent. In that moment, it was just such a, a realization of valuing my time and energy more and this is exactly why, you know, I host the programs that I do. You know, if you want to start shifting this and valuing that more, your time, you could definitely, uh, well, I don't know, right? But you can continue dabbling with, you know, free programs and Facebook groups and, and continue on your own trying to break free from sugar and trying to really um, heal these inner wounds. You can spend years doing that for sure. Or... You can do it with the right guidance and support and save yourself the time and the struggle and the mental battle when you, and this is why I, this is why I put these groups together. This is exactly why I host the Break Free From Sugar program is so that we can do this together in 10 weeks instead of it taking you two years, which is what it took me when I started my journey all on my own. So we, we can begin and I invite you to, to find areas in your life Maybe it's hiring a cleaning lady. Maybe it's doing, you know, signing up and joining um, my next program and really valuing living your life and, and using the time that you have on this planet in your best state of being, right? And, and valuing the peace of mind and the saving of your mental and physical energy when you're choosing to wait 10 hours in the hot sun versus, you know, spending 30 minutes checking in, right? Or spending two years trying to break free from sugar versus spending 10 weeks doing it in, in the group. So it's up to you, but I encourage you to look for areas in your life where you can really start under, and practicing this, right? Valuing your time and energy more than money is life-changing. Okay. Number nine, number nine, we're almost there is 
And I spoke to this a little bit in the beginning, but this is really, really important and something that, you know, I'll have to share more about later. But I, um, one of the things that I've done in the last three weeks was attend a documentary movie premiere in Vancouver, um, in which Gabor Mate is involved in. And he spoke, uh, after, after the event and answered questions and, and really spoke uh, really beautifully about some big, big things. And for anyone who doesn't know Gabor Mate, I mean, it's a lifelong, lifelong goal of mine to actually like see him in person, which was very, very awesome to do so. Um, he just has such a way with like getting to, getting to the heart of what's going on and telling it how it is. And it's so inspiring for me, the work that he's doing in the world. And I bring a lot of his practices and his work into my programs, into what I do with my clients and this deep understanding that trauma and our childhood experiences are at the root of our disconnection with ourself that leads us to numb out with food and, and, or any other addiction. Anyway, one of the big things that he pointed out, and this is a longer conversation that could probably, and probably will record a whole podcast episode on this, but really this lesson and reminder that the, of the unfortunate truth, the unfortunate truth is that most of us, I'm going to say 99% of human beings at some point in our early childhood years where we're taught that it was not okay to be our authentic selves. And as a human being, we have a basic human need for authenticity, for self-expression, for, for being us. And we live in a world and a society that doesn't foster that. We don't encourage that. We're taught how to behave, how to like fit in this box that our society teaches us to be in. Right. And if you don't fit in, right? Oh boy, that's a problem. And that's a threat to your survival. So as a child, we learn how to fit in and how to play the game of the world. And we still live in that world. And there was a lot of questions for Gabor and he was talking a lot about this and it really resonated with me. You know, somebody asked like, how do we be our authentic self in a world that calls us to fit into the norm? And he just said, you have to choose. And that really hit for me because we do, we do, we are in a world where those two things cannot fully exist together. We cannot both fit in and be fully ourselves. If we are fully ourselves and we're singing and dancing in the grocery store and we're, you know, not people pleasing and we're living life on our terms and we're doing things differently than society, right? society will start to think we're weird, right? And the people around us may start to think we're weird. Our coworkers might start to think, well, she's a little strange, right? Like what's she doing over there? Like, you know, dancing on her lunch break, whatever it is, right? But we, unfortunate truth is we, we do live in a society that's still very, very much conditioned to be a certain way. And when we start to break free from that and start to be our full, crazy, silly, amazing, goofy selves, or whatever your self, inner self needs to needs to foster and be, we don't fit in anymore. And this is why, coming back to lesson one, it is extremely mandatory, I cannot hit this home enough, to find your people, to find the people that love and accept you without judgment. And this is exactly what I do and I create in this environment very uniquely in my programs. So just this reminder, that you have a choice. This is lesson nine. Reminder that you have a choice to make. Do you want to be free and at peace and authentic and yourself and fully live your life with authenticity and joy and abundance? Or do you want to fit in? 
And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just a choice we have to make. So number 10, moving on. Final one, final, final, final lesson, big lesson and reminder that, and this came up actually on my community call the other day as well, is this discussion around integration. So the lesson and reminder here for all of us is that integration and creating an integration plan when we have these big life-altering experiences is vital. And an integration plan looks different for everybody. Right. And I love helping my clients kind of create this for themselves, but it looks very different for everybody. But we can often have these beautiful experiences. Maybe you go to a concert and the music just moves you to another state of being and you're so inspired. Or you go to a yoga retreat or you go on some sort of trip around the world and you learn all these things. Or, you know, you go into ceremony and do some deep healing with plant medicine. You know, whatever this experience might be. For me, music festivals recently, right? These big experiences that shift us in the moment. Integration is how we make sure that that experience isn't just a blip in our timeline, that it's not just, oh, that fun thing I did last month, that it actually changes us going forward. So how do we actually take the lessons? And this is where I am right now in integration is like, how do I take these lessons that I've learned from the last three weeks and actually bring them in at a cellular level into my brain to rewire my old ways of being, my old beliefs, my old pathways? And how do I actually make the changes in my life that need to be made. So things like actually recording this episode is really helpful for me and my integration. Even just talking about all these lessons with you is helping it sink in at a subconscious level for me. So thank you for being a part of my integration by listening to this episode. Journaling, getting out in nature, uh, going slow, spending more time with yourself, meditating, having deep conversations with other humans, reflecting on the lessons that you've learned and making an action plan. You know, sometimes like for me, there are some definite things like booking in a monthly planning session for me to plan my schedule around my cycle. This is an action step that I need to, and I'm going to take is getting into booking that in my calendar. So there might be some physical action steps that you need to take that are also part of integration. Maybe it's reaching out to a certain person or hosting something yourself. You're so inspired. Um, and this is coming through for me as well. It's like, oh, I need to get on planning my retreat. So stay tuned, by the way. I haven't mentioned this before. Next spring, I'm going to be hosting an in-person retreat. I'm doing it. It's happening. I'm inspired. I know that this is a part of my plan and purpose here. And I know that this is so needed for all of us to gather in human connection where we can actually hug each other and see each other. So that's coming. But anyway, so what are these pieces that maybe you need to actually book into your life? And that's a really important part of the integration plan as well. So allow yourself to rest, allow yourself, like book those things in, spend time with your journal, spend time with yourself have these conversations, you know, whether it's recording a voice note to yourself or recording a podcast or talking with a friend um, to help you really sink in these pieces that have shifted for you. So there you have it. 10 really big lessons that could all be their own individual podcast episode um, around really what I've taken away from the last three weeks, these two incredible festivals that I went to and night and day experiences. I'm still integrating. I'm still learning. I'm still reflecting. I had a lot of beautiful, um, insights come to me actually during my massage yesterday. I took myself for a massage to look after my body in the integration process after so much dancing. Um, and it felt so good and so nourishing. But as I was in that being worked on, like it was really beautiful to see these creative ideas coming through for me. So allow that to be right? Allow those things to come through. Trust your body. Find the right community for you. 
And all of these beautiful things that I've shared with you, I really sincerely hope that some of them have landed and that you will, you will sit with these, you know, that really stood out for you and maybe make a plan of how you can start integrating those more into your life. How can you start finding more of the right community? How can you get more out of your comfort zone? How can you be more authentically yourself and, and worry less about fitting in? How can you value your time more than money? You know, like some of these things that maybe resonated for you, how can you actually start seeing through the eyes of compassion and love for people who around you are, are either troubled or, or not, not being kind, right? How can you start integrating some of these things. So please, that is your homework item. That's your action item here is to any of these that resonated with you, please make a plan to sit with this, sit with them, with your journal, have conversations with your close friends around them and, and take the steps that you know you need to take to, to really better your, your, yourself and your health and your body and everything calls for this, right? For your healing, for our, our, our raising our vibration as a planet and as a human. Um, really, really, this is important. This is important stuff. And I really hope that you do take some action and I would love to hear about it. Please, I want to keep this conversation going. Send me a message. You can send me a message on Facebook or Instagram or send me an email and would love to keep this conversation going and hear from you and hear your takeaways from this episode. And of course, final reminder, because this episode has gone on long enough. This is a long one. <laughs> final reminder to get your name on the wait list for the upcoming group program, the Break Free From Sugar program that's kicking off in September. I'll be uh, definitely talking a lot about it here over the coming weeks and giving some more insight and information, but those who are on the wait list, who have their email on the wait list are going to be the very first to know all the details and get opportunity to join and register. So, and some extra bonuses, because I love rewarding people who are committed and who put their name out there. So you could find the link to get on the wait list in the show notes below. Thank you so much again for, for holding space for me to share from the heart in this and for helping me integrate by sharing all of these lessons. And I hope that inspires you to go to a music festival do something fun, get out there, go and be you and be in the right spaces and safe spaces for you to do that. All right. I love you all. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with someone you love. And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.